What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, Glenn Rubenstein here for the Wrestling Inc. podcast for October 26th, 2016. Now for some reason, the first 15 minutes of Raj and I talking about SmackDown Live got lost in the internet forever. But what we have to present to you here is the rest of our SmackDown Live recap, plus our interview with Court Bauer talking about the MLW Podcast Network, talking about Goldberg versus Lesnar for Survivor Series, and of course, talking about Wally Mania for 2017 on WrestleMania weekend. So without further ado, let's pick things up with Raj and I talking about Nikki Bella versus Natalia on SmackDown Live. Surprises for the women going into Survivor Series. They're going to do a five-on-five match, Raw versus SmackDown. SmackDown women's roster is six women. We learned last night that Natalia is not going to be on that. So do you think, I mean, the, you know, no suspense whatsoever, literally just the other five women that are left on SmackDown. Minus uh, Marie, I guess. Yeah, right. Um, I, I, you know, like I said, I think it makes sense to have Natalia on there. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think she'll be added somehow. I and mean, I think it's just part of a storyline getting there. Yeah. Do you think we're going to have um, any any other big matchups that go cross brand? I mean, do you think we could possibly see something like Becky versus Sasha or Charlotte or? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think that's and plus I don't think they have enough women for that. You yeah. know, um, so. Um, yeah, I think I think the the three the three Survivor Series matches are the only cross branding matches that there will be. Yeah, so we'll get that. Maybe we'll get you know uh, each brand will get a respective match or two, and then we'll have Brock versus uh, Goldberg for Survivor Series. Um, so okay, so we had the Miz accompanied by the Spirit Squad, and then Dolph Ziggler came out joined by Rhino and Heath Slater, and it turned into a title match of the Spear Squad versus Rhino and Slater. Now, I, I liked this, uh, this setup at first, but I feel like already, you know, we're a month, not even a month, I mean, God, what, three weeks into the Spear Squad being back, and, and I feel like they're maybe starting to run this into the ground a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, when they brought back the Spear Squad, I mean, I, I was saying they could use more tag teams, but uh, they... They need to repackage them bad because again, there's just too much, too many comedy tag teams and comedy uh, wrestlers right now, 
And it's it's just another one that's it's never going to get past you know a, a certain level. And uh, you know Ken Doan, he's he's been looking more and more ripped each week. Uh, you can tell he's he's really uh, working to working out to make this work. But uh, I, the the again having your tag team champions feuding with them uh, just brings them down, brings the tag team champions and the titles down. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm all in favor of bringing back the older guys, uh, especially, and I think if they do it for cameos, essentially, or one-offs, um, like they did with the Headbangers, I think that makes more sense. I mean, with the Spirit Squad, obviously, they see something there, maybe in keeping uh, them with The Miz, but, it, you know, if so if they're in the picture and they're back, then I think they just need to develop them a little bit more. But I absolutely agree that they can coast on just bringing back, uh, you know, a name from, from the Attitude Era or above and just literally... By the fact that it's like, hey, it's that guy. Like you could do that for maybe two weeks max, but three, you need, you need, you know, to have a little bit of depth to why you're there. That's, yeah. that's all I'm saying. Um, and with that in mind, someone please get creative uh, a shot of how great Matt Morgan is looking lately. Because I'm telling you, just for a cameo, I think he would do it. You know, he says he's not making interested in a full time return, but for a one off, I think that would be awesome. Uh, so let's uh, let's talk about the main event. We had Dean Ambrose versus AJ Styles with Ellsworth in Ambrose's corner. Of course, hilarity ensued, and uh, Ellsworth got himself involved in the match, ultimately leading to a DQ on behalf of, uh, well, a DQ uh, for Ambrose, which ultimately benefited AJ Styles. So we touched upon this at the start of the episode, but do you think that that okay, we're you know, if we're pausing AJ versus Dean, that this makes sense to to keep Ellsworth for another week or two um, in this main event picture? No, <laughs> he's not <laughs> a main. He's not. Are. He's not a. You know. Uh, he's just not a main event guy and to keep him in there just brings the main event scene down in my opinion. I think you could do stuff with Ellsworth, you know, have him feud with somebody else. Um, but I think it just, you know, I, I look at like the walking dead. I don't know if you watch that show. No, but I'm aware of all the outrage currently going on. Yeah. But you know, they, they, they introduced this villain and, and he's just a super villain and you just don't see uh, like these big heels in wrestling anymore. And, and, you know, AJ styles, your top heel on SmackDown, he's you know feuding with a a, a job guy. Yeah. I, so I just think that uh, it just doesn't make you. I'm. I don't know if anyone's going to buy a ticket to see AJ Styles versus James Ellsworth. Yeah, I'll tell you. I think what it is, and I think a lot of it does have to do with uh, the merchandise sales that they saw last week after putting that T-shirt out there. You know, that proven that there's an audience for it. Um, I think these things can last short term. You know, and and I, what I mean by that is it's not even that it's having a job guy, but I think having, um, I don't know, I, I think at some point it starts as comedy, right? I mean, even Daniel Bryan, they kind of treated with his size. They, they started, And by no way am I comparing James Ellsworth to Daniel Bryan, but I'm saying that there is sort of this hook to wrestling of it's like, oh, that guy, that guy looks like he shouldn't, you know be doing X, Y, or Z, or can't beat X, Y, and Z. Um, and then from there, a real storyline can develop. I think with Ellsworth, obviously, we're not going to see something um, as magical as Daniel Bryan's storyline, because Ellsworth doesn't quite have that pedigree or chops or rich history on the indies, although he is an indie guy. Um, but I think that you also get a little of that, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing this aspect to it, you know? Like I said, you know, I, I, I think there's a place for him. I think there's stuff you could do with him that would yeah. be, you know, entertaining and, and making use of him. But I think it's just the wrong, the, the, the SmackDown pick, uh, main event scene is just so weak right now. And there's, 
there's nothing in sight. And uh, I just think this just brings it down. Yeah. But I, I do like that creative is listening to what the fans like. Um, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but to me, it feels like, you know, this is sort of like what they did with blue pants. I mean, just realizing that something was organically over with the audience, the fans wanted it. So they gave them more of it. And like with blue pants, I'm sure ultimately it will lead to a backlash or crash and burn somehow by rubbing someone raw backstage or rubbing someone wrong backstage, uh, you know, and leading uh, to, to this being short lived just given how these things go. Although I'll tell you now, looking at NXT in the women's division, kind of wish Blue Pants was still there. I think uh, there, there's a place for her currently. Um, so what do, you, what do you, just based on what was on TV itself, SmackDown or Raw, which do you think was better this week? Uh, I think SmackDown, but it, it uh, SmackDown didn't do much for me, but I, I thought Raw was pretty, uh, pretty bad uh, for, you know, especially for a go-home show. Yeah. And uh, SmackDown was was there and, and being there this week, I uh, won out. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I find SmackDown, you know, it's like I've said before, I, I find it uh, easy to watch. It doesn't drag that much. And but there's nothing that's gripping me either. There's nothing where I'm like, oh, I got to tune in next week to see what happens. And that's uh, uh, the, the best wrestling TV shows is was ones that keep you just sucked in week in week out. Well, so for those keeping score, uh, you should ask Matt on Monday if he fell asleep during SmackDown also, since he actually fell asleep during the main event of Raw this week. Um, so did, he, think, did he really? Yeah, Matt Morgan fell asleep during the last uh, couple minutes of the Raw main event, which I thought was an awesome testament to how Raw is just way too long. Um, so SmackDown, again, by being the shorter show, I look, it's hard for SmackDown to lose week to week, being the shorter show, um, just because they've got less time to fill. They can do a tighter show, and they have Talking Smack, um, which just adds this whole other level to it. Uh, even if I feel like I watch just an okay SmackDown, if Talking Smack is really good, it makes me excited about the next week. That being said, Talking Smack last night, um, Kane, Kane doing an in-character promo as the Demon Kane in a brightly lit studio. And I was searching YouTube trying to see if it's been a long time since they've done something like that. Had Kane talk for minutes just sort of uh, in character what, what as, you, as the in the demon the character demon. yeah yeah it's corporate kane because i mean that's basically you know uh uh the guy that's basically glenn when he's corporate kane uh but what did you make of that of him doing the demon kane for like five minutes last night <laughs> in a brightly lit studio it did seem out of place for sure um but you know uh again there was Kane should have been really upset. I feel like, at, you know, coming out of that. And he was just like, well, well, that's Randy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I shouldn't have trusted him. Oh, well. Yeah. But, it was um, weird. Like I, I miss corporate Kane. I have to say, I thought corporate Kane, uh, had a lot of potential to do stuff outside of the ring. That was, was very entertaining and funny, but the demon Kane, I feel like should not talk, you know? Yeah. I think he's more effective just using a few words here and there. Yeah, but uh, anyone, I recommend, even if if you don't normally watch Talking Smack, go on the network, watch that last night. It was just interesting to see him do that um, completely in character for, for a couple minutes there. Uh, aside from that, we had Rhino and Slater on Talking Smack, which loved last night, that whole bit about he bought five shares of stock in Puerto Rico from the Shining Stars. That was great. Um, yeah, I thought the whole bit with uh, Heath Slater and Rhino with Daniel Bryan and, and Renee was really entertaining. Like, yeah. they were... It, it you know it was clearly comedy that you know buying the stock but it was it was hilarious enough that 
you know, even though you don't buy it, it's still funny. And uh, yeah, I thought that was uh, I thought that was great. Those guys have great chemistry together. And I love that Renee during Talking Smack just kind of does it as the host, keeps things going, tries to keep things moving. I love that Daniel Bryan, you can tell the the unscripted nature of this, that Daniel Bryan is just like an improv master of reacting to things. Yeah. He just looks so dumbfounded half the time with what comes out there. And uh, they give him a lot to play with, which is why I think that he's you know remained a co-host of the show because he's just he's so funny to watch Daniel Bryan react to whatever they throw at him. Well, you can tell that he, he, he'll he say things that uh, that you know they're not happy with. Oh my you know, God, like he when he's kind of ripping on Raw last night. It, well, he crapped over them doing three Hell in a Cell matches or at least was making fun of it, you know, saying, well, why don't they have, you know, six hell in a cell matches with the winner be becoming the universal cha you know the champion of the galaxy and yeah um but yeah yeah that was uh that was good yeah and then james ellsworth came out looking like he legitimately been crying and uh did i think a compelling promo that fleshed out the character a little bit for the short term for me at yeah. least uh so once again talking smack man you know most weeks I don't know about you, Raj, but most weeks I feel like Talking Smack is the high point of WWE programming just because it's at least interesting consistently. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Cool. Well, is is our is Court ready to join us? Court, are you uh are you you there? I am. How's it going, guys? Good, man. How are you? Not bad, not bad. We what are we talking about today? We just finished up SmackDown and and talking Smack, and now we're going to get into some TNA and uh, oh. TNA lawsuit stuff and madness, and, and talk a little bit about Goldberg and and Lesnar. Now, now, when you worked at WWE, was was this before Goldberg's run or or during? Uh, be, I worked there after his run, but I was in the house for WrestleMania backstage at WrestleMania 20 for the infamous Brock Lesnar Bill Goldberg match back in 2004. <laughs> what was that like live uh it was awkward and weird because you had a lame duck match you know the most over guy was a guy that wasn't wrestling in the ring he was officiating the match he was the referee steve austin um brock lesnar had turned his back on on his deal and bill goldberg had a weird 12-month run and so the fans were just rejecting both of them and they just it was a they were not going to be able to click this didn't have the chemistry that night now will they have it in survivor series who knows but that night it was just all types of weird plus you had the famous madison square garden new york audience which knew all of this were aware of this and uh let the uh let the guys know that and that's probably one of the early matches that i can remember where you had a wwe crowd hijacked or they hijacked a match now we see it fairly regularly but back then not so much I feel like you never see it hijacked on that scale, though, where both guys, you know, like oh. just got booed out of the building. It's it's I mean, it's worth watching just for just how how crazy that was. It was very weird. Um, and it is a lesson to be learned, though. You have to protect your guys um, and, and looking at what they did on Monday night. Very weird because you were in Brock's hometown. Minneapolis, Minnesota, where he lives now, essentially, where he made his name at the University of Minnesota. And you have Paul Heyman wearing a purple tie, you know, uh, representing the Vikings. Brock Lesnar wearing the Suplex City shirt. They didn't heal in that crowd at all. They gave you an opportunity for the crowd to feed off of themselves and hijack the show. 
and Goldberg suck chance. If Brock and uh, well, if Paul had spoken more instead of laying out, I don't think that would have happened. It was yeah, it, that was the weirdest thing because uh, y- you know it, it, when you're so dependent on the crowd and then you do this angle in his hometown, uh, it just seems like there's a serious disconnect with you know. It seems like they should easily have had a plan B, you know, for if the fans <laughs> don't start chanting Goldberg's name. Well, usually what you do is you try to control it uh, with a, you know, by what you're doing in the promo. But laying out, you're allowing them to just be part of the show. You're, you're welcoming them to be a part of the show. And that was so peculiar because Paul Heyman is one of the best promo men there, there is. And to see him make that decision was curious to me. Well, because you, you're opening up Pandora's box. Plus, you know, what's curious to me is that uh, Lesnar is this, you know, they've really built him into a, a badass. He, I think he's right. the best book guy that they have. And for him to be upset over Goldberg chants, you know, like that's the big selling point is he's mad at fans chanting Goldberg. Just, it just doesn't seem like it's something that suits his character. No, no, it, it, it was, everything's weird. I, I mean, for this match alone, I don't think they need to be doing conventional stuff. I would build it like a UFC match, have them um, training, Show Goldberg in San Diego. He does a lot of Muay Thai training. Show Goldberg or uh, Brock Lesnar doing his feats of strength, all his stuff that he does in training for a, a match, uh, and build it in a traditional classic UFC way. I wouldn't have them touch, wouldn't get heat. And uh, the other issue you're having is Paul's a great promo man, but you've used him as a crutch for so long that you everyone knows it's so predictable. He's going to go out there, he's going to talk. And it's the same thing. Week after week, month after month, it's still great, but it's not the most original utilization of Brock, of, of Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. Uh, put us in a different environment. Put us in a different situation. Shake it up a little bit because it is as autopilot as it gets. And hey, maybe maybe they you know just because we know Paul can always knock it out of the park, but you have to do Paul right and give him different environments, different creative, and they're not. Yeah, and it, and so it's just lately been coming across as just too salesmanish. Like he's just—it's he, not building a real conflict. It's just trying to, you know, sell as opposed to expand a storyline. If that makes sense. Yeah, and and I think you have to be very careful. Paul Heyman's a very special talent. So is Brock Lesnar, and so is Bill Goldberg. They're saying this is the one and only match he'll have at WWE. But there was a real interest in him, and he, he got a great response. But you don't want this to be a repeat of Dave Batista When he came back, huge, popped the ratings big, and within a few weeks you fumbled, and he gets rejected at the Royal Rumble because of how you positioned him, where you positioned him, very similar. They wanted Daniel Bryan. They instead got Rey Mysterio, who's never been booed in his whole career. He gets booed at the Royal Rumble. Then Dave Batista, the homecoming for Dave Batista coming off of Guardians, gets booed. <laughs> and same thing here. Bill Goldberg gets a hero's welcoming last week. This week, Goldberg sucks chance. Why? Because you've had the home, you had the hometown hero, Brock Lesnar, in his market. Why would you book him in Minnesota? Why? I wouldn't have. I would have just done nothing. I would have done video packaging to represent this. It's not like Survivor Series is next week, right? It's a month away. Why did you do this? This is. Anyone in the business at any point should know this is just you're, you're setting yourself up for a disastrous situation, which is what they kind of had. I'm not saying it was, you know, the sky's falling, but it wasn't good for Bill Goldberg. It wasn't ideal for for what they're building. Yeah, and they didn't need to do the the promo. I mean, I think just even making the the match official for Survivor Series would have been enough um, because That's it accomplishes, right. like you were saying, 
Court, you know, in terms of just, just you could just say Goldberg versus Lesnar. I mean, that gets it out there, right? I mean, that yeah. puts butts in seats. That's money in the bank uh, just, just to get people interested. And I feel like with what they're doing now, especially even the way they're pushing the network, saying, hey, if you set them for 30 days now, you're going to get Hell in a Cell and you're also going to get Survivor Series. You know, I was talking about this on Monday's podcast. I think it's very transparent what they're doing um, lately with marketing the network and even with this match because you're going right. to get a lot of lapsed fans. They're going to hear, oh my God, Goldberg's coming back and he's wrestling Brock Lesnar again. Um, they're going to tune in to check this out. And I think with all the network promos we're seeing, talking about the classic matches, talking about you can see all of DX, the rise of John Cena, even putting those Hogan sound bites in there. I think they know clearly they're marketing the network. Uh, they have an opportunity here, not for people that are following wrestling currently, but for lapsed fans that are going to want to dig into that archive. And I feel yeah. like that's who this match is really directed at. And what you said with the UFC comparison, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to get a lot of those UFC fans, a lot of those old school fans. And I think that's really who they're going for. I think it's going to completely overshadow everything else that happens in Survivor Series. Yeah, it, it's a, it, they have a great built match. They really do. They have some great attractions ready for Survivor Series. You have time. You know, it's all yeah. about pacing. Right. My concern is that this turns into Vince versus Brett, you know, where you had the storyline <laughs> going in, you didn't need to do anything. And then they just watered it down with overthinking it and, and, and they're creative every week, you know, with, you know, Vince running over Brett's foot and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it just killed the match. I mean, the story seems so easy. Lesnar, you know, it's like Goldberg, you keep talking about this victory. Well, now, you know, you're going to get your ass whipped and, and that's all you need to do to make it effective. And I, I like what you said with the, the UFC build and just doing it, you know, video packages and, and them training and, and making it like a, like a Rocky movie almost. Yeah. yeah. Make it feel epic. Make it feel different. Um, similar to what TNA did actually to segue to TNA, but with Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe, that was so different than anything TNA ever had done. And frankly, afterwards they never did anything like it right. but it made it feel different it made it feel major league it made it feel big time and brock lesnar bill goldberg feel like legit guys put them in that environment through the prism of looking at them as legit badass fighters let's see that big prize fight yep and and, and you did the segue tna uh Man, what do you what do you make of it at this point? A lot of a lot of points came out in the TNA lawsuit this week. Uh, basically, Billy Corgan pretty much saved the company from being foreclosed on by Aerolux Marketing uh, by putting money into it for uh, the slam the tapings during Slammiversary. Um, got he claims that Dixie Carter uh, sold her uh, her her stake in the company her her ninety two percent stake for that. And since then, he's been kept out of the dark, and it's kind of went nowhere from that. Yeah. Um, he's alleging a lot of interesting things, and uh, he acted in good faith, bailing them out a few times if you read his paper, uh, his right. paperwork some into the courts. Um, he has an interesting claim. I think a lot of people are going to have some really compelling claims if this goes to bankruptcy court. If this goes, mm -hmm. who knows? It looks like it's going there. Um, uh, that's kind of what the the purpose uh, of a bankruptcy court is to sort through who's owed money. Can you restructure and come out of it? Many companies have. Some haven't. Uh, it depends on if it's Chapter 7, Chapter 11. And if, if this thing is going down, say like ECW, then you pick apart the bones and who's owed what and who's in there to buy something pennies on the dollar. Be, be it, you know, what are the assets essentially you're looking at? A content, uh, the content of uh, 2002 to 2016. That's it, that library. 
And it seems like just pieces are owned in, in different places. You know, there's not like one clear area where, uh, you know, where they can sell the assets. Like, you know, like, uh, uh, who is it? The, the Fight Network has owns part of the video library. Dixie has the company. Billy Corgan contends that he should have a, a big part of the company. So it, it just seems like a big mess. It's messy. And so you're going to have to go through the whole process to probably, I mean, it's either going to be, I mean, they're getting nailed with lawsuits every day over the last 14 days. They've been hit with lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. Uh, and it's going to tax them. Uh, it's, 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 it's a financial hardship when you look at how many uh, lawsuits have hit them. And it's not like I have sympathy for the executive team at TNA, I, I have a lot, and I feel awful for the, the people that work there that go and sacrifice their bodies in the ring and now have so much uncertainty as you look down the road into 2017. Yes, they have fi financing in place, but that doesn't guarantee anything. If Billy Corgan's right, if this company is insolvent, and I think he's probably onto something here, uh, they're going to have some big issues coming up very soon. Are you surprised? Because one thing that struck me with the lawsuit is he wants control of the company still. Um, are you surprised by that? It depends. I mean, he's really got to take, I think he probably wants to take control quickly so he can transition and get his team in and uh, save deals because he's probably on, they're probably on the verge of losing Sony six because part of the, uh, the India deal is to tour over there. They have not met that contractual obligation uh, for the last several years. At what point do they cut bait on TNA because they haven't been a good partner? I don't know. Maybe they'll stay around because maybe the show does great ratings and they'll just look the other way. It's possible. They also have a deal coming up in the United Kingdom uh, with the Challenge TV network. So is that a deal that's... Are they are they interested in renewing? We don't know. But if, if a, if a property is looking unstable, they're going to obviously look elsewhere just because that's what you do in a business. If something is... A, you know what up in the air you're going to look elsewhere to see well how do we fill those slots with programming because their their network isn't going anywhere and they have an obligation to uh make that lineup as impressive as it can be so uh they need you need to stabilize this thing fast or people are gonna get spooked and it's not like they have any licensing deals unfortunately there's no video game deal there's no real toy deal uh so um, it's really about these two key tv deals three tv deals if you count pop which is essentially a barter deal um but these are key things that maybe Billy Corgan needs uh, if he wants to reboot this company, take it in a different direction. Because a refresh alone isn't enough. you got to reboot this thing, blow it up. They have a great roster. I mean, they really do have a great roster there. Uh, and hopefully live to fight another day. And that has been TNA's um, legacy, essentially. If you look back from even the first few months of the company, it's like they have had so many near falls, so many 2.9 accounts, and they've kicked out every time for over a decade and a half their ability to survive even the bleakest conditions is like and i've never seen anything like it in all my time in wrestling yeah but it's also it's almost like watching someone uh pulling their fingers off because every time they do survive they take a huge hit you know they there's a loss of viewership a lot a loss in uh the percentage of market share you, you right. know what i mean like it's it's like yeah they they survive but they went to destination well, America spike and yeah make no doubt about it they are wrestling zombie you can cut off an arm you can cut off two legs it'll keep dragging its carcass towards you yeah. you can it'll just it is it will live somehow sort of live to fight another day it is the undead wrestling promotion which is appropriate given the halloween's around the corner
Yeah. And we were talking with Bruce Pritchard. I was interviewing Bruce Pritchard uh, of, of MLW Radio. Uh, fantastic podcast on MLW Radio. He's uh, he, he's just so, he's got so uh, just a billion great wrestling stories that yes. you just pick a, a name and he'll probably have like, you know, a couple hundred stories. Um, but yeah, he, he, uh, he on a recent uh, podcast on MLW Radio, he was talking about how TNA um, they they withheld uh, some of his income, right? Garnished yeah. some of his wages, and that never actually went to the government. It was for for tax purposes <laughs> that never actually went. Probably shouldn't be doing that if you're TNA. Probably not uh, legal. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's troubling. Um, it's not like you're talking about an indie company that pays wrestlers in pizza, which has happened and often happens. This is a situation where you have a major league company. Uh, parent company, Panda Energy, big time company out down the south as an energy company, and uh, you're you're having some shiftiness going on with uh, your accounting when it comes to withholding. You don't want to mess with the IRS; they will they will find you. Yeah. And, and speaking of which, Bruce Pritchard uh, recently joined MLW Radio. Yep. Ric Flair, uh, you guys are just uh, blowing up. What's what's been going on over there? Yeah, yeah, we've uh, we're actually celebrating the flagship shows. Uh, this will be our five-year anniversary coming up in a few weeks. And uh, over the years, we've we really put together a hell of a network. We have Jim Cornette there every Thursday, and uh, he has a VIP show out on uh, Tuesdays. But we also have Kevin Sullivan, the uh, Booker at WCW for its peak years in the late '90s. Uh, he has a regular podcast on Fridays with Mr. St. Laurent. Uh, we have um, MVP now with new co-host Shelton Benjamin, along with former head writer uh, Alex Greenfield. They have the VIP lounge out every Sunday night. And so uh, and then we have the flagship, myself, Mr. St. Laurent. And of course, Ric Flair and Bruce Pritchard is on Friday. So, uh, you know, it's it's cool because I've heard I listen to these shows and I've 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 never heard half of these stories and it's great to hear they're great storytellers. Be it Flair Show on Wednesday, Woo Wednesdays, uh, or you and his show is called the Rick Flair Show, and then you have Bruce Pritchard on Fridays. And what I like about Friday too is you have um, if you want to hit the inside '90s look at WCW, you have Sullivan, and if you want the WWF perspective from the eighties, the nineties, the two thousands, you have Bruce Pritchard. So it depends what you're, what you're in, in for and what your mood is. And uh, we have something and these guys have walked the walk, talked the talk and have been at the highest levels, which is a cool perspective to have. You know, there's when it comes to podcasts and there's such an echo chamber, you know, everyone has a different opinion, but at the same time, people that have been at that level, their perspective is a pretty compelling one. Yeah. And what are your thoughts right now on the kind of the current state of pro wrestling? Uh, it seems like w with a lot of, especially people that have been there through, you know, the 90, oh, it looks like we might've lost court. This is back. He's back. Or no, wait, no, it says he left again. <laughs> okay. Well, we, we will be back. Oh, court. Can you hear us? Hello, hello, hello. Hey, there you are. Yeah. Lost you there for a second. No problem. Uh, do you have a, a, an announcement coming soon too as well? Uh, yeah, next week we'll, we should be announcing something. Uh, you know, a, new, uh, a new arrival to MLW Radio. Pretty big right. one and we're, we're excited about it. But uh, the world of MLW never stops. We have shows around the clock covering indie wrestling, New Japan wrestling. Before going to WWE, 
Al, uh, Gallows and Anderson had a podcast called Talk and Shop with AJ Styles. You may have heard of him. Uh, he would he was on a lot of those shows. So uh, we have a huge archive. It goes back five years, full of an eclectic mix of people from every walk of wrestling. Right. And uh, what are your thoughts with AJ Styles right now on SmackDown? He's uh, you know. Uh, been under WWE's radar for so long now. He's WWE champion. In my opinion, he's the MVP uh, this right. year, at least in the U.S. Um, are you are you surprised that he's he's gotten the opportunity that he has in WWE? Um, he has shown his resilience in spite of what I thought was a pretty uh, unspectacular uh, run with Chris Jericho. Not his fault, but the way they beat him. Was, was to me surprising. I didn't understand why you'd beat AJ uh, when Chris's job primarily had been to get guys over. And, uh, you know, you put over Fandango, but AJ Styles here, you know, <laughs> they're, 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 they'd rather have him get beat. But he was able to uh, come out of that and, and really still shine and showcase. You just can't keep great talent down. And I wasn't knocking Chris Jericho, it's just how they position right. both of those guys. Uh, and, and to see... Now with the the jobber storyline we we're seeing right now on on SmackDown, a lot of people are like okay this has gone a little too far, but you know what it tells me it tells me that Vince Triple H uh, and senior management have incredible confidence in AJ Styles. They wouldn't have done they're not doing something like this unless they have incredible confidence in the guy who's on the other side in that ring, uh, and that says a lot. So. Uh, it's not my cup of tea how they've taken uh, what was a quick, cute little piece of business and have stretched it out uh, to a big-time TV angle for the next few weeks until they get to the build for Survivor Series. But at the same time, it says, man, you know AJ Styles is really valued when they are that confident they can put him in there with a jobber and put him in a situation where they know he's going to be okay. Um there are guys they would never do that with. They would say, oh, my God, if we do that, it's going to be horrible. They know AJ's the man. And so it, it, my only thing is there's, there's this, I regret that this is all happening now in 2016 instead of 2006. I yeah, wish. I, I wish he had been picked up long ago, but it is what it is. Yeah. And guys, uh, if you guys have any questions for court, you can throw it in our YouTube comment section or the comment section on, on WrestlingInc.com. Uh, Court, we got Wale Mania back this you year. You do coming up in Orlando. Uh, I've been the last two. It's it's a blast. <laughs> it's one of my. It's probably oftentimes the highlight of WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, uh, outside of you know uh, the big shows. Uh, awesome time. What can fans expect? Yeah, we're about to put tickets on sale for Wale Mania three down uh, in Orlando at Tier Nightclub on Thursday night, March 30th. And uh, it is the unofficial kickoff party, the wildest party of the year in wrestling, but the kickoff party for WrestleMania weekend. And uh, last few years, we've had random crazy people stop by. We've had guys like uh, Big E stop by this past year in Dallas. We had Mark Henry pop by, uh, Alberto Del Rio, half of the Lucha Underground uh, roster seemed to pop up. We had Taya there, Drago, um, Phoenix, um, all these guys. It was really just uh, uh, Pentagon, I should say. It was a pretty cool, eclectic bunch. Of course, Jim Ross, uh, Chris Hero, uh, Dave Meltzer, uh, MVP. All of us were there. It, it really is a lot of fun. And basically, we do a live podcast. Uh, there's a meet and greet with uh, a high profile. No, we lost him. Uh, 
we'll work on getting him back in a second. And again, feel free to submit your questions. We'll try to get a, a few in. Um, so how was the experience of last year's show, Raj? Because I didn't go. I know I mentioned at the beginning that I just heard it was, it was a huge high point of WrestleMania weekend. I mean, tell me about what it was like actually attending. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a blast. Uh, you you got you know a ton of wrestlers uh, that are there. Um, Biggie took my Uber, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it's it's cool. It, it's just a it's a laid back crowd. It, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, you have Wale spinning, uh, you know, in in the concert. So it, it's really cool. And uh, you know, this year, you know, what this coming up year, 2017 in Orlando. Uh, it should be, it should be something else. Yeah. It's now, now, do you usually, do you usually make it out for WrestleMania weekend? Have I you, did uh, this, this year I did go to Texas and it looks like we're going to be going next year to Orlando. Um, and yeah, it's amazing that preparation starting right now. I mean, travel packages, the WWE travel packages go on sale next Monday, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, was this the first time you had been first time at WrestleMania? It's weird. I did not go the year when it was in the Bay area. Uh, but we went out to Texas and, uh, it was amazing. I mean, we were there, I think, uh, Thursday through Monday. So we, uh, did all the WWE stuff. Um, and it, we were so packed with that and going to access that we didn't get a chance to go out and check out everything else that, uh, that I wanted to, but, yeah, I mean, we we at the end of it, we're like, we should we should do this every year. You'll see like the declining ratings and stuff with wrestling, but man, they 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 make that WrestleMania weekend a huge deal. It seems like uh, it just shows it really hits you how huge WWE is every year. Oh yeah, and you know, like you see a lot of empty seats at the SmackDown shows and the Raw live events right now. But man, when when it comes time to to fill in that stadium, uh, they do a, they do a great job. And, you know, for anyone that's that's on the fence about going, I mean, I recommend that you need to go because it's now like Comic-Con. You know, it's no longer just about the show itself. Um, it's not even just about TakeOver, Hall of Fame, WrestleMania proper, uh, Raw and SmackDown, which this year they did say Raw and SmackDown will both be in Orlando. So we're going to have the full Friday to Tuesday of WWE events happening. Um, but on top of that, WrestleMania access, I mean, is just, and it was huge this, this year in Texas. From what I understand, it was the most consistently crowded group of access sessions they've had because I mean, there were just lines to get autographs uh, from everyone. And then in addition to that, they had the NXT wrestling and Q and A's going on in a ring they had set up there. So um, yeah, I mean, for that alone, you know, it's like, I'm excited about WrestleMania, the show itself, but I mean, tickets for that are, you know, obviously pretty pricey to get great seats. So you just want to go just to go and get what you can, but access, I mean, that's really like the Comic-Con experience at this point. Yeah, and court, court. We got court back. Court, can you hear us? I can. All right. Yeah, I was just telling. Uh, we were talking a little bit more about Wally Mania, saying how Biggie took my Uber. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, a fun show. So when when will tickets go on sale? We should be announcing that very shortly. But it's looking like we're going to be doing that in mid November. Okay. All right. Great. Well, definitely, we'll keep fans up to date. And uh, and yeah, thanks a lot. Do you uh, do you have anything else you'd like to plug? No, that's it. Everyone check out MLWRadio.com. We have a lot of cool stuff. And later today, Ric Flair will have his podcast out. And that's always a can't-miss show. He had Michael Hayes on recently to address the Bret Hart uh, issue going on between, uh, at the time, Bret and Michael over the Freebirds and their validity and the Hall of Fame and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely check that out. MLW Radio. Uh, it's always a fun listen. Thanks, guys. Thanks, right, Court. 
Cool, man. So appreciate Court stopping by today and talking about Wally Mania and what he's got going on. Um, but yeah, with those WrestleMania travel packages, my tip, uh, Raj, how did you book last year? Did you buy everything in advance or because you have press credentials? Did you just sort of book a flight and go or how did you do it? Yeah, usually, usually it's just the credentials. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's definitely worth checking out. It'll be interesting to see how the Royal Rumble does because you're not hearing the amount of, uh, you know, hype considering it's in a stadium. And, and maybe they'll just go full on after Survivor Series, but it'll be oh, interesting sure. to see how that does at the Alamo Dome. Yeah, yeah, that'll definitely be interesting. And I think uh, I think WrestleMania for this year being in Orlando, and they're even touting that in the marketing for it, that, you know, it's at the ultimate vacation destination. Um, I would say that uh, having been really active in some of those travel threads on Reddit and elsewhere last, last year, I would say if you can afford it, book a travel package and save yourself headache of having to wake up, uh, you know, and buy tickets again and again for every single event individually. Um, you know, I think this year with, again, being Orlando, I think it's probably going to be pretty crazy. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, and I'm anxious to see uh, how they do with the song for next year's WrestleMania. If it'll be, you know, uh, the, the flow rider, my house song that if you go to WrestleMania, Oh my God, you get to hear that song nonstop. No, they, they won't do the same song to your, you know, I know. <laughs> how are they going to top it though? How are they going to top that? It was a good song. Yeah, and if you weren't in love with it at the beginning, you know, by the 10,000th time you heard it that weekend, it grew on you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So I'm, uh, I will not be here Sunday, but Sunday after Hell in a Cell, come to Wrestling Inc. to check out Matt Morgan and Raj talking about everything that happens on the pay-per-view. Monday, Matt and Raj will be here uh, to talk about Monday Night Raw. And next Wednesday, we are taking off because I'm uh, gone for a week, but I will be back uh, with the podcast uh, for Raw coverage uh, in God, early November. We're there already. So cool. Yeah. Anything people should pay attention to on the site? Any stories you're working on, Rush? Uh, just, uh, there's always stuff happening, So especially with the pay-per-view week. So just keep, keep checking it out. Cool. Hell in a Cell this Sunday. We'll see you back here on... Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.